Welcome to Close the Door and Come Here, a Game of Thrones and a Song of Ice and Fire podcast with heavy leanings towards our two favorite characters, Jamie and Brienne. Man, there was a bear bear, all black and brown and covered in hair. everyone i'm comma and you can find me at grammar saves lives on tumblr and tonight i am joined by chicky hey i am chicky chickren on tumblr eon hey this is eon i'm eon blue negative on tumblr uh clotho hi i'm clotho clotho spindle on tumblr and guile hi i'm guile guile and subterfuge on tumblr all right so Those in the fandom can usually be divided into two camps. There are book readers or book snobs or show watchers. And as longtime listeners of this podcast probably know, most of the regular panel here is not exactly enamored of the show. (laughs) But Guile accepting. (laughs) But whether you agree with us or not, whether you think we're purists or we're book snobs, guess what? We have problems with the books, too. <laughs> we hate them. <laughs> <Sometimes>. <laughs> we were joking that we'd be calling this We Can Hate the Books, too. Um, I don't think that's a joke. I think that's the name. <laughs> yeah, I think it's accurate. Well, I just so, think it's funny that people don't realize that we heavily criticize the books, like, all the time. Just because we prefer them to the show doesn't mean we think they're perfect, infallible by any means. Or that, you know, criticisms of the show are necessarily, like, based on it being different from the book. I mean, I think a lot of show criticisms are that, but a lot of show criticisms are also um, inconsistencies within the show itself, regardless Mm -hmm. of the changes between the two. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes, I mean, once in a while, the show does things better than the books. And then sometimes something shitty in the books and in the show. Mm -hmm. And we say that, so. (laughs) Well, and there's also, I mean... There's there's criticisms of quality, which I think I have with both books and show. And then there's like criticisms of like choices, I guess. And I have those with both. <laughs> so oh, hell yeah. I, I guess I'd like to start out with um, I in my experience with when you're reading a series um, at first, everything you really enjoy it. It's wonderful. And then there's a point where at least in my experience, you start to be a little less than 100% enthusiastic or you start to, um, I guess, see certain flaws or things that start to drive you crazy. So I guess our first question is, um, where in A Song of Ice and Fire did that happen for you? At what point? A Dance with Dragons for me. Yeah? Yeah. Like specifically I mean, yeah. the whole book or was it a certain plot line? Gosh, uh, Danny. I, you know, I didn't even... Danny never bothered me up until A Dance with Dragons and Tyrion. Because whenever Tyrion first popped up in A Dance with Dragons, I was excited. Because, I mean, I hadn't seen him in A Feast for Crows on my first read. So I was happy to see Tyrion. And he's in an awful, shitty place in A Dance with Dragons. And then Danny, Danny is just an annoying 14-year-old teenager just wanting to bone... Daria the whole time and it just it was so annoying and every time I'd get to a Danny chapter I'd just roll my eyes and just trudge through it it was just awful 
Did you do that thing where you look ahead and go, okay, how many pages do I have to suffer? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was like that. It was so hard to get through the Danny chapters. Ugh. But that, that's my two cents. I think, like, I, I agree about some parts of dance, but it's more just, you know, I tried to, I, I did something where I wrote up, like, one-sentence summaries of every chapter in the books. And once you get, you know, they're, it's really easy to do. You can, okay, what happens in this chapter? Give me a sentence. And it's super easy to do until you get to dance. And then you get to all these John chapters where it's just, and, you know, Danny for that matter, too, where they're essentially, like, variations on each other. And there's just not a lot that happens. And it just gets yeah, frustrating I mean, because you feel like, God, this book could be like two thirds of the size because, you know, someone could right. have done this more effectively. And it's kind I mean, of a slog to get through. Yes. I can. I mean, I can even elaborate on how much I hate dance. I mean, I can even go into other POV chapters that just drove me nuts. I didn't want to I didn't want to read about them. I didn't I didn't care about the Greyjoy brothers and, you know, Victorian. You almost have to like whenever you read the Victorian chapters, you almost have to think of it as like a comedy or so in order well, to get through it. it. Part of it is that okay, we spent, you know, thousands of pages getting, you know, learning and loving and hating these characters. And then in the last two books, he starts throwing in a bunch of new characters. Like, I don't want to, like, I don't care, I know people are going to hate this, I don't care about John Khan, I don't care about Egan, I don't care about Euron Greyjoy, really. I don't care about the Martells. Like, I care about the characters that you made me care about for, you know, the first three books. I, I want to know what happens to them. I, I don't need this world to be expanded. It's already quite large enough as it is. Yeah, I think that's Which kind of selfish as a reader. I think it's but... reasonable, though. It's a reasonable reaction as a reader. My, my, um, I, I, and I, I'd like to hold off on uh, dance for a little bit, but for me, the dislike, or not dislike, it was sort of like, I, I went through all of the first book, loved it, no reservations. The second book, I was having a little bit of a harder time. And it was, it actually, it started in A Storm of Swords for me, um, although that is my favorite of the books. Um, but it, it was with those characters, like, who the hell are these people now? Why should I care? Trying to get myself into their story when at that point I was firmly invested in these other people. And now I've got a whole new set of losers to, um, not losers, well, some of them were. <laughs> but it was like, yeah. it just, it felt like such work. Well, and I think, you know, there are things in dance, for example, or not dance, actually, in Feast. You know, Sam and Sam going to Old Town and, and learning a little bit about the Maesters. Like, there's a lot of new characters there, but because it's anchored with Sam, yeah. I actually am totally cool with that. Like, yeah. great. I'm, I would like to learn more about that. Interesting. Whereas Dorne, you know, there's no one there that I've met before except for Alaria, who's, you know, barely in the books. And I, right. I just don't care. Well, that's a good point. Like, if you are not anchored with these other characters, it's like, all right, Arya's going here and there, and yeah, there are other characters, but I, I've still got Arya to deal with. Sansa's mm. going to the Vale. I still have... I, you're right. I think that anchor is really essential, as opposed to suddenly we're in Dorne, and I don't know who these people are, and oh my god, and he couldn't even... He started to get arty with the names of the... um. <laughs> 
yeah, the, the POV chapter chapters, and it's oh, like, yeah, I'm not a fan of that. That drove mm-hmm. me up yeah. a freaking wall because it's like, okay, well, Excuse all right, me. who's the so and so? And then when he started to do it with the characters I already knew, I'm like, wow. all right, is that Sansa? <laughs> yeah, that when do I get a Sansa? You know, it's just, yeah. I, it, it, okay, so my thing is, uh, it's funny because I'm kind of the opposite of what you're talking about, Com. Although. I totally know what you mean in terms of like when you get into a fandom, it's like in the beginning you're in love with a fandom and then you kind of turn on it at some point. This that seems to be a fandom cycle, but I'm a really uh, critical reader in, and I don't mean critical in terms of like being really good at it. I mean, like I just, you know, I have a hard time getting sucked into a mm-hmm. book. Um, if anything, I would say I like the books more today than I did when I first read them. Hmm. Um, I, I, I didn't really appreciate, I think, the breadth of the story until later, until probably second, third reread, probably until I, probably my third reread, like right before season three. Um, so I would say I, I'm, I'm in the opposite spectrum. What I didn't like at first when I first read them, and, you know, at the time I was heavily into genre. I mean, it was almost all I read. Um, I hated how slow the story moved. Um, you know, he, he, he plods a lot. There's payoff for it. There is payoff, but there's a lot of plotting. And it's like what you guys are talking about with, you know, Dorn and the Iron Islands. I mean, I felt, I remember feeling that as early as Clash being like, you know, like with the Davos chapters, like, who's this guy? Why are we, you know, who's this? You can, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can get away with it at the beginning because, you know, Especially with the, with the new POVs that are kind of introduced through there, I think through about the point where he introduces Jamie, you're familiar enough with these people because you hear enough about them that you're kind of right. interested, you know. But um, I think it's been one of his big problems from the beginning, and I think the experience of people who watch the show for a season or two and then dig into the books, they they're already introduced to everybody that he introduces in the first couple of books, you know. But just coming from reading, going from the first book to the second book, he has had this expansion problem all along. This yeah. this problem of, uh, I'm going to add a bunch more POVs. And it was always annoying to me. It's actually only kind of retroactively gotten less annoying, if anything. But um, yeah, no, I, I've always hated it. And it's it's just, it's it's a problem that's grown exponentially with, <laughs> with his books. It's just, I've grown more tolerant of it, I guess. I think some, for me, some of the shockers got kind of I don't say boring, but um, they they were really great at the beginning. Ned, Red Wedding, and but after a while, it was sort of like formulaic. At least for me, when I was reading, there were certain I don't know if it was the scene with Tyrion and the Grey Scout. Like there were scenes where I was like, well, the thing that I think that he's wants you to think is going to happen isn't going to happen. So I kind of figured out what was going to happen by not. So I just wish he had stopped doing that or mixed it oh, up a like bit. His, yeah, he his would fake out chapter. Yeah, the fake outs, does, like yeah. all those cliffhangers. They got so they were like they're predictable in their you know unpredictableness you could kind of tell where he was going and i wish because sometimes things do just lead to a certain things things in life happen and it yeah. that thing happens and i get what he was going for and it was exciting in the beginning but it did for me got a little old so what about and i i'm sure we can come we'll have some of the same ones but are there things in general about the books that drive you like what drives you the most crazy <sighs> The ages of the kids, especially yeah. the, with the sex stuff. Yeah, that was hard. He's got a real hard. problem with underage girls having uh, sex, forced sex, especially forced uh, rape, being raped. Um, it's just not necessary, and it's not a choice that he needed to make. He kind of 
frames things like he does need to make those choices, but he really doesn't. It's, you know, these are, it's the same, it's the same criticism that you have with the show. You know, I mean, there are people making these decisions. These, these aren't characters who are, who are making decisions for themselves and getting into situations. You know, there's, there's basically a God figure who's deciding and that's the writer and he makes the decision to make those situations happen. Um, I'm not saying they aren't organic or well done or that, you know, certain things shouldn't be covered or discussed or anything like that. Um, you know, maybe if there were one terrible incident of it, then it then it would be proving a point. It would it would be you know but covering it's never something. Just one thing. It's, it's always, never just one. It's like yeah, and, and I have a problem with it. That was a good I keep thing, yeah. hearing the argument, or I read the argument. I'll see it on Tumblr about you know medieval times and not the restaurant, but you know the setting yeah. and that child marriage was common and then every once in a while someone who's actually a medievalist will come along and say you know no that's a common misperception it 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 really wasn't quite like that you might be betrothed or married but that didn't mean you were having sex when you were 10 it was something that was you know and they seem like they want to have it both ways too because if you hear the commentary all the time that oh well this isn't medieval times you know this is a whole other world so if he's creating a whole other world he didn't have to create a whole other world that had you know child rape yeah well, I, I was actually. Oh, go ahead. go ahead. Well, I was just when I was researching questions for a trivia episode we've recently recorded. Um, I was <laughs> reading about the Summer Islands a little bit, and it kind of gets to that. Like, okay, you're creating a fantasy world, but I mean, literally, the descriptions of the slavery in the southern in the Southern Islands are exactly you know yeah. African slave trade where the rulers of various factions within within the Summer Islands would sell off their enemies to the slave trade and um, other raiders would raid, you know, the entire the coast of entire villages and stuff. And it was just like kind of lacking actually imagination, which is never something you would think you'd say about him. But he bought, you know, there's some cases where he's borrowing so much from history and it's just to add into the it, all it is is it's adding to the world, and it's like God, you know, narrow your focus a little bit. Like, who cares? Like, you don't need to just you don't need to describe the southern island, the summer island slave trade. Like, we don't really care. It's that's actually, I mean, one of my big problems with the books, the things that drive me crazy is the bloat. I mean, I would say of all the things. I mean, because everything else that falls under that, the endless, endless descriptions of clothing and food from food. I mean, (laughs) but it's like, it's like, okay, not everybody. I know plenty of people in my life. I am focused on food. I, you know, I enjoy that kind of thing, but I know people for whom food is fuel and they would have no, they would not be remarking upon how, you know, the turnips were lashed with butter and whatever. I mean, there's a lot. He really loses focus all the time. I mean, and I think that's where he's gotten into so much trouble because he ends up and these things go on forever and ever. And it's like I think, too, that he's created such an unimaginably brutal world, like every single culture is just horribly brutal. Yeah. And I I don't know how people can survive that. And I, I don't I don't. You know, I I don't want to say I don't think that's realistic. I don't think that that's not a point in a work of fiction. But as a reader, to just have like this constant brutal shit like raining down upon you all the time, it's a bit hard. It's been much. That was 
Okay, I was going to hold off on dance, but I mean, that was one of my issues, and that's partly why I hate the fucking Greyjoys, and that's always how I think of them, um, because other than Asha, that Harlow reader guy is not really a Greyjoy, and Theon, I-, I want them all to just disappear into the void, because it's like, you get, I mean, the show does this too, but it's this, okay, you've already described, you know, brutal rape, we get it, this is a bad dude, they're all crazy, we get it, we- we've had several examples but yet he keeps giving us more. And it's like, what are you trying mm. to prove a case here? I mean, I think everybody got it the first time. Now you got to, you know, we've got to hear a scene about how you've taken somebody prisoner and you're making their daughters, you know, you're raping their daughters in front of everybody. I mean, it's just, it just doesn't end. No. Well, I think even of, you know, when we were doing our Cersei read and we get so many descriptions of, references to the people that Kyburn is torturing. And, you know, do we need, you know, lo- we, do we need, like, Felice and Tanda and Sunil and the Blue Bard and, you know, all of these? Like, we get it. Yeah. Anyone else? I mean, anything lighter than that that drives you nuts? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the repetitive anyone? words. I mean, the repetitive yeah. words in dance are, you know, just annoying beyond belief. Yeah, the nipples and the breastplate and all that. Yeah. Well, where do whores go? Where do whores go? Oh, oh I know, Gar. Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! <laughs> that I almost wish that, a, like, a secondary or tertiary character would just slap him up, up upside the head and say, Will you stop? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for me, it's just, it, it like like Han said, it's a bloat. It, it's, and he he's always falling for this, you know... Boba Fett thing where he takes some minor character that fandom really loved and then the next thing you know in the next book they're a POV and like that for me the expansion the continual expansion the expansion that continued into the fucking fifth book of what was supposed to be a seven book series Mm. it's absurd because you know anybody who's ever put a story together knows you you can't you just can't keep opening doors it's what you're doing is you're opening doors you're just like running through a hallway and everywhere you go you open a door and stuff falls out of every door that you open you know you make a mess with every door that you open and he just which is, won't stop opening doors yeah which is why you can see why would you be enthusiastic about writing at some point it must get overwhelming to write that <laughs> yeah well, think what he has to keep so, track of i guess so what you're saying is he needs to close some of those doors yes. right <laughs> Yeah. Close the doors and come here with your manuscript, George. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, I I remember I started, I was watching the show. I'm reading the books. I very quickly, you know, focused on the books. And I remember being on a forum, like, might have been television without pity before it went away or something, and saying something about, like, I can't stand all these new characters. You know, I think at this point he'd start tightening up the story. Or, or you move your POV character that you need your anchor to wherever you want the story to go. But no, he kept going. And I, you know, several people slapped, you know, said, oh, no, this is what he does. This is he knows what he's doing. And it's like at a certain point, it's like, yeah, no, I think you're making a mistake here, George. Yeah, I don't think he knows what he's doing. I mean, I'm- he thought he was writing a trilogy. And, yeah. and now he's writing the sixth book, you know, and he's pretty much admitted that <laughs> there's no way it's ending in seven. So... He doesn't fucking know what he's doing. I mean, he's a, he. <laughs> I don't. I don't want this to be a total George Bash fest. Uh, he is a good writer, and he is a good genre yeah. writer. I mean, I mean, some I mean, of the that's... things that bug us are, you know, just kind of fixtures of genre. They're just kind of what you get. But 
I think he doesn't know how to end it. I think yeah. I don't think he's ever written anything this big. I think we know that he hasn't. And I think he just doesn't know how to bring it all back together. And I think he's lost interest in it. I mean, I'll be really frank with you. That's my impression. And I think I think that's sort of a, most people can empathize with the fact that you want to. It might seem interesting at first to do all these things and go all these different routes, but yeah, I mean, it, it's a critique. But we're basically saying I think he's he's hurting himself. You know what I mean? He's only you know harming the. I mean, no. it's really a shame that he doesn't have any access to yeah. the top professionals in his field that could help him. <laughs> well, it's just he doesn't yeah. even need a top professional. I mean, an average editor editor started reining him in two or three books ago. But he just, you know, either didn't respond well or, or he... Yeah, he, I mean, I think it's beyond editing. I think he needs to be, like, writing with someone. And, you know, yeah. not them doing the writing, but, I mean, I think it needs to... He needs, like, a more collaborative process. Well, he needs he needs to listen when someone says, yeah. you know, you, just, you don't need this. I mean, you know, like, we're talking about bloat. And, I mean, like, Feast is feast is as much bloat as dance. Oh, yeah. Um, I love Feast. It's my favorite book. That's because he wrote a book about the sub story that I love the most. And that's Feast. I mean, when you're talking about serving the overall narrative, Feast is bloat. I mean, you know, Jamie, Cersei and Brienne didn't need what, 30 chapters between that? Like, it wasn't necessary. Um, It's okay. And please, Harry Potter people do not kill me. And please, Stephen King people do not kill me. But it's like, I've seen this happen with their books too. It's like they become too big to be edited and, and you end up with stuff that's not, I'm not saying it's bad, but it's not as taut as their earlier work. Mm. Yeah. There's no question that that's what it is. And I mean, well, no. if you read game yeah. of Thrones, I mean, I don't think it's as good a book as say a storm of swords, but it's a compact taut mm-hmm. story. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot going on in there, but it's all, it's well constructed. It's a very good, you know, it's it. And that's why it goes so fast as a read. But you don't get that with I mean, dance know. has no narrative structure. I mean, right. Feast at least has a rough narrative. Like you could describe what happens in Feast. Well, it's most 90 percent of it's about the aftermath of the war in the Riverlands and the dissolution of, you know, the Jamie Cersei relationship, yeah. you know, stuff like try to. Describe to me, da- like, what the hell is dance about? I mean, the other thing, you know, is other, it about, you know, yeah. Well, I have bone I could sort of throw to that is, was he intentionally trying to be like a big quagmire? Like, you get the feeling that you're really living through like nothing, you know, that that entrapped where she's not going anywhere, and nothing's happening. But that's stretching I've read, it. <laughs> I've, I've read some some critiques, some meta about. Like it's it, like Danny's stuff, which honestly for me is like once I get out of of the first book starts to become torture and by dance I just I just really want her to just go away now. But um, I know I'm not as careful a reader of that stuff deliberately because I don't like her. Um, but I was reading a few pieces where people were talking. You know, someone had critiqued the endless discussions of what the hell she was wearing, which just honestly, I'm just like, oh my god, really? Do we need all these words to describe her outfit? But then I would read these pieces, and, and like someone would be pointing out, like, well, you know, and they they'd actually have a pretty good argument for why the stuff is in there. But the problem I think is that while there may be justification for certain pieces of this stuff. Like, you know, the description of there's that one outfit where it's basically it sounds almost like a sorry, but it's like if you're not careful, you kind of get tripped up by the clothes or whatever, or the folds or whatever. I can't think of what it is. It's not the one with the breast is bared. It's the other one. But, you know, talks about how she's trying to to solve a problem 
by, you know, immersing herself in the culture of the people and how it's not until she gets out of that and starts wearing these other clothes that she can do the thing. And it's, you know, I'm like, all right, I can kind of see that. But at what cost? Because that book is like he doesn't instead of telling us that in some other more economical way that goes on for like, A, you've got to really, really read closely to get to that. And B, it goes on forever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Which is why you need, I mean, and everybody needs this. You need someone who says, you know, hey, this is, this is a great chapter, great introspection. I, I really loved digging into this character's head. Um, do we really need half of this? I, I mean, like, and this is what, this is what a good, and it doesn't even need to be an editor, just, you know, a reader you trust. This is, this is why they exist. You know, you need someone who can just go, it's not bad. It just doesn't need to be here. And and, and that's and what most of A Song of Ice and Fire is. It's not that it's bad. It just doesn't need to be there. It's not serving the overall story. And sometimes right. you've got to lose it, even though it's well-written or you love it because it's not serving your story. It's a bloat. Exactly. And see, I think part of the problem is because he set up the story to begin with, with Danny as a satellite, right? Mm-hmm. You're accustomed to there being, you know kind of isolated storylines you don't know how they're going to match up to everything else but you know, you, you kind of have to trust him in the first book and and i mean even though danny still isn't in westeros i mean like she is well enough tied back to westeros he's been smart enough to do things like send barristan over and and then you, you know have jorah there and now Tyrion's going he's smart enough to kind of keep her tied to you know westeros in some way um but with the other characters, it's like you just you kind of stop trusting. Him. It's like, you know, whatever's going on with the Ironborn right now, we just don't need to be in the middle of it. I, I, really, frankly, I, it doesn't matter what said, happens. That could all be lifted out. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it doesn't matter what they do or why they do it. All we need to know is what they do. Their actions can be in the book seen through the POVs of characters we already know. And they can be motivated the way that he wants them to be motivated. I appreciate that he deeply understands what their motivations are. We don't need to know, <laughs> or we can just see yeah. the edges of it. You know, you you don't you don't need to know everything. And in fact, you know, there are a lot of writers who will make a, an argument that the less you 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 know you you fill in for the reader, the better for the reader. A reader will fill in blanks. You know, if you give a reader you know three or four kind of breadcrumb clues, they'll kind of make a trail between. The trail. I mean, right. I'm sure he's heard some of this criticism. Do you all think there's any chance in hell that he's going to tighten it up anytime soon? <laughs> like, how many no. books at all? No, I, I mean, I if actually... he wants to finish it, he has to. Yeah. I mean, if he wants to even get after this in a book, yeah, even to. even if he stretched out Winds of Winter, he'd have to tighten up the next one if he. Yeah, I, I have a theory that his editors may have become somewhat more active, okay. um, just because of the way that they're talking and he's talking. I think they may be pushing back because, you know, there's this whole talk about here's the thing with dance. Dance isn't even a complete book, right? Well, Feast and Dance are a book that he didn't finish. We're getting the end of that book when we get wins, if we get wins. Okay. He he had chapters left that he wanted included in dance, which really Feast and Dance are one book. So, I mean, he's written two novels worth of books that isn't even a complete book, one complete story. So if you want to talk about you know, having no narrative structure with dance, that's why it has no ending. I mean, you know, I get the feeling that maybe they're pushing back, but I mean, don't, don't we all think that he has just kind of checked out of it? I mean, if he hadn't, 
he he would be done by now. And I, the people who think that, you know, oh, it's taking him so long to write wins because he wants to get it right. And he's doing it's like, oh, this is such mm, bull. No. These are people who no. understand how writing works or think it's magical or something, you know. No, that's not the problem. The problem is he just isn't doing it. You know, <laughs> I mean, like that's basically what it comes down to. He's just like not the urge it. to not write is really strong. Yeah. Oh, especially well, and the like things that guy. motivate most people, like I need the money or you know, I need the yeah. tenure or whatever you're doing. Um, he doesn't have to do this. I mean, he doesn't. As far as I know. It's not like he's going to starve if he doesn't get this book out. I mean, he might have contractual obligations, and that's a whole other story. But, I mean, it's not like... But he's got the money to pay that off. I mean, there's really nothing. The only thing that seemed to have been personally motivating him was trying to stay ahead of the show. And that ship has long since sailed. And so there's really nothing. I mean, with the, with the potential of a writer's strike, that does give him a bit of a window. <laughs> I thought they said that, for some reason, Game of Thrones won't be affected. I don't know if that's because the guys are the showrunners and they're... Well, I mean, they're part of the writer's union, so I can't imagine... I mean, they're well, part of the writer's union. I don't know what... I mean, they wouldn't even be able to be on set, so... Well, they may pretend they've already got the scripts written. Oh. But I mean, even I think being on set in a production aspect would not be would be like crossing the, the picket lines. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. They'll find a way. Hibbard, Hibbard is, is quoted as saying that he reached out to them and they said that they weren't going to be affected by it. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, God, it, if there's one thing that probably could be written better by scab writers, it's that show. Ah. <laughs> Let the chance take over. And I say that as someone who lived through the last the last time they struck and the soap operas went all to hell because they had nobody who knew what they were doing. And I mean, I, I kind of think they pulled people off the street. It would be better. But that's just my own personal opinion. I love that by the time this goes out, the strike will either yeah, be, exactly. be, be in full, full swing or it won't have happened. But yeah. I mean, the shame of George is that, you know, the chapters, you know, some of the chapters and wins are among his best writing and you know the sa- some of the sample chapters or I mean some of the chapters in dance and then some of the sample chapters of wins are you know really excellent writing oh, yeah. it's just you see the bloat again and granted it's sample chapters so who knows what it'll actually end up being but you know there's two Ariane sample chapters and she still hasn't met either John Connor Egan at this point bingo it's like oh my bingo. god like and they're I mean like they're interesting like Elia Martel is kind of a little scamp, and I like her. And there's like a crusty old sassy lady that she meets. Like, they're interesting, but in the scope of this entire story, it's just like, oh, for fuck's sake, like, something has to happen here. It sort of feels like a yeah. Reader's Digest serial rather than an actual, you yeah. know. Well, it's, it's, not, it's not that it's bad, like you said. They're, they're not yeah. bad. They're, they're not bad reads, especially if you happen to care about the characters. Yeah. And I mean, and they're not bad. Like, to your point, Coco, an anthology or like a Reader's Digest where he releases a chapter yeah, every month yeah. or, you know, every <laughs> week or whatever. I mean, that actually, like, a fan fiction model would suit him. That way, so yeah, that would be preferable yeah, at this point. Yeah, it would, actually. <laughs> <laughs> because it's like, it's not that, like, I find the stuff about Dorne interesting. I find, like, in an abstract way, I find the culture there interesting. But in terms of the sh- the story and what we're learning, I really don't. 
like how are they going to have anything to do with the White Walkers? You know. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I get the sense, and maybe I'm wrong, but I get the sense again that that most of that could be lifted out. That you, you know, and I, while I understand the um, the advice that you know you don't want to tell, you want to show, and that's why you're, you know, we're stuck down there with this stuff, but. At the same time, every so often there are effective ways to do that where you tell, you know, somebody gets a letter, they learn what happened, you move on. Or, you know, you hear people talking smack about so-and-so and and you get the sense of who these characters are. You don't spend 40 chapters, (laughs) you know, talking about not only, you know, Ariane's captivity, but what was in the room, what was she was given to eat. I mean, all this shit. It's like... (laughs) Move on. I don't care. I don't know who this person yeah. is. Get me to the people I do care about. Well, that's it. And I think I think here's part of the problem is he just starts writing, right? He just sits down and he starts writing and it. It seems like as many chapters as it takes him to write out, you know, someone's story for a particular book, that's how many chapters they get. And I I, I get I get that. I I don't not get it, but like what you're talking about or I can't remember who said it. Was it you, Com, who said, you know, like in in the first book, it's really tight and things yeah. move. Yeah. Oh no, it was you, Guile. You were talking about doing the summaries. You were saying, you know, you could you could summarize in a sentence what happened in each chapter because something happened in each chapter. I think now he just kind of writes and divides them up. I mean, like reading the dance Tyrion chapters, you know, sometimes you know I feel like he tried to manufacture some kind of ending, you know. Like Breakpoints. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, just just kind of because it was just this huge travelogue. I mean, it should have been two two to three chapters of, of Tyrion getting to Meereen. I mean, you could still have the dwelling in, in two or three chapters. You you didn't need all the other stuff. I mean, I get, you know, have him meet Aegon and then have him go. You know what I mean? Like, why why dick around? I, I don't, I get why, you know, I, I get how you get into that where you just, you, 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 you dig into your world and you just kind of dwell in it and you, really want to make all your your characters well motivated and you really want people to believe the story that you're trying to tell them and you can you can really get bogged down in that if you don't have someone to drag you out of it if you're that kind of writer it feels like i get it like i've done creative writing things where you like write up or actually it's it's not uncommon and like i think i know they did it and they've done it in soap operas and i think they do it in other tv shows where they have a bible right they write up like basically backstory for all these characters and then they start writing their show. Right. So, you know, the story about Joe Smith and Patty, whatever, but you may never use that. Right. You know, you have that background, you know, the motivation for Joe Smith or whatever, brother Ray, but it feels like he did that. And then decided that we needed to hear all this other stuff. <laughs> yeah. Like, exactly. that we're getting the Bible, and it's which like, is, no, we which, don't... Which is why it seems like he so enjoyed A World of Ice and Fire. It almost seems like he gets more oh enjoyment God. out of that than actually oh writing the, the story at this point. million discussions <laughs> yeah. about what shade of platinum blonde somebody, some Targaryen's hair was. I mean, that he can call all yeah. that up. yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, but, how much time does he spend? Just sitting. You know? Oh, I can imagine it. Just sitting there, like he thinks. Can you imagine? Like, just I goes mean, off on a <laughs> the, the two to three hundred thousand words that he wrote for that encyclopedia. Yeah. Two to three hundred 
thousand wow. words that he wrote. That's like what? That's several books. Well, I mean, in genre, it's, George, it's like, a book. Right? I mean, in fantasy, in high fantasy, that's a book. But still, yeah. I mean, it is a book. Um, you know, it is not the Winds of Winter. It, <laughs> it should have been saved for last. You know. <laughs> Um, oh. I, I get it. You know, it's not that I don't get, you know, it's not that I don't have some sympathy for the position that he's in. I certainly do, uh, you know, but it's really not an excuse <laughs> for why he's there. And like, I wouldn't, I don't, I don't know that I would mind so much the weights between these books if it weren't for the fact that the show is spoiling it all. I mean, that's really what's kind of made it a crisis point where those of us who invested in one medium are stuck with the ending in another, you know, I'm pretty sure the show, I mean, I refuse to believe half the crap that they're doing because it just doesn't make any sense, but I get it. I get what you're saying. I think it's, you know, yeah, it's the show is going to give you an ending and it's going to give you character endings that are not going to be satisfying for you. If you are invested in that character based upon the books Right. And there's no reassurance from him that you're ever going to get an ending based no. in the books, ever. No. no. Well, I mean, I'm sure he thinks he's going to get it done, but I mean, those of us well, of course he thinks who can that. count he, yeah. and are paying attention <laughs> know that we're not going to get the ending. Oh. And that's pretty much what it comes down to. And there's no sign of it ending. I mean, like, who brought up, you know, the, the Ariane chapters that he's released for wins? It's the same thing with the fucking Tyrion chapters. The fact that Tyrion hasn't at least been in a room with Barristan yet <laughs> in wins, two chapters we've seen. And he hasn't even been in a room with Barristan, let alone Danny. I, I mean, <laughs> I, I'm seriously, though. You know, it's, it's funny. There's a he when he was writing episodes of the show, I think it's in the first season there's an episode that he wrote i remember talking about it on this podcast where it's like these characters are basically they're traveling a long way right they're you know it's sort of like but somehow it it actually it's quite economically done because you get the sense that time is passing right it's not like littlefinger's time machine it's like no you know you get a sense that weeks or months are passing but it's one episode they get everybody where he gets everyone where they need to be and we're done, which is so ironical because that is the problem. <laughs> he can never get anyone anywhere. So it's like, oh, you need yeah. to go to the corner to pick up a prescription. Let us write 5,000 words or 20,000 words describing your mood and what you ate along the way and what you were wearing. And it's like, oh, my God, George. <laughs> <sighs> He's just got to cut it down. So, And if he if he if he can't do it, he just needs to listen to somebody who knows what needs to be cut. And that's the only way we would ever get tough you know. love. <laughs> it's like, it's like, you, I don't know if you guys have seen these threads or discussions people will have about, well, you know, is he going to finish in two books, which no, he's not, but you know, could he finish in two books? Sure. A, a, a person who wanted to finish these books in two books could do this. I mean, if, if that was your commitment, if that's what you wanted to do was to end it, of course it could be done, but that's just not how he wants to write these books. I mean, and the evidence of that is the way that he's been writing them. He just doesn't want to end it. He does. He might say he does, but he doesn't actually want to, or he'd stop doing some of these things that he's doing, yeah. which is prolonging it. Which is so weird, because I think he really does want to write about, he wants to, like, what he really wants to do is write, like, a two million word book about the Targaryen history. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like that, like an encyclopedia of that. Like that's what he actually wants to do, and yet he really can't until he finishes this. 
And I, I do get the sense like he made some key mistakes in the beginning. And I think like by making, the, for instance, the Stark children as young as they are. Yeah. And yeah. he recognizes that that's a problem. And he got mired down in it instead of just, yeah. you know, figuring out a way. Well, the fact that he couldn't do the five-year gap is really telling yeah. because yeah. writers do things like that all the time. It's just something you have to do. You have to make time move. And yeah. he tried to do it and, according to what he says, literally could not do it. He couldn't write the books. He could. He sat down to write Feast and Dance, which were one book at the time, and he could not do it Figure with the gap. Figure out how to do it. Yeah. it. It was killing him to not write that in-between period. And that tells you everything that you need to know. I mean, because in order to make a story this big with this many characters run to the end, you've got to be able to skip time like that. You know, the, you have to do things like that and just let people kind of, you know, let the reader hear a little bit about what might have happened in, in between. You know, you just can't show everything. You, you have to just assume they'll get it. And you have to be willing, this is one thing the show did do, which is you bench somebody. Yeah. You know, you bench a few of these people, you lose them. And oh. With him, though, there's no benching. It's all, nothing ever good happens to anyone nice. It's all, they were brutally raped, tortured, eaten alive. and I mean, it just doesn't end. Um, and I think that's one of the things that, there's no way to rest when you read these. There's... It's almost always, you you know, you can never relax. It's like watching Lost, where any time these people went into the jungle and it was beautiful, I was like, oh, God, someone's going to be, we're going to find a dead, rotting corpse as soon as we round it, because that's what they would do. It's the same thing. It's like, nope, you know, it's not that they got away. Nope, it's going to turn out that they're sex slaves somewhere. I mean, it's just, it just doesn't end. Um. Okay, let me let me kind of bring this back a little bit more positively. When you, I know some of us have reread these. Um, is there anything that like improves upon the rereading? I mean, Chicky, you kind of alluded to this, but I don't know if anyone else. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I think like when you're reading it for the first time, you're 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 reading it, and part of it is that you're trying to find out, or you want to find out what happens. You know, that's like the purpose of your reading it. When you're rereading it, you can see some of like the beauty of the language a little bit more, mm-hmm. and you see um, some of the connections between characters that you, or you know, the foreshadowing, like that, all of that, that you can appreciate the writing of it more. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. At least for me, because I mean, yeah, I, I want to, you know, I'm sure if Winds ever came out and I was reading it, I'm not going to be like reading it super close that first time. Yeah. I, I just want to know what happens, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and I mean, like, for me personally, they have absolutely improved on rereads because, you know, the things that we're talking about here, the things that that are bloat, I mean, like, you know, talking about like Feast is bloat. But the more I read it, the more I love it because it happens to be bloat in the area of the story that I want bloat, you know. <laughs> yeah. This, this is true, though. Yeah. I mean, you know, honest. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, I mean, I know. I mean, you know, I, I, I realize that, and I have taken flack and fandom for this, but, you know, Brienne really shouldn't have had eight chapters in Feast. I, you know, we really didn't need to see her entire journey. I'm glad that we did. I'm glad that, that he thinks she's important and that 
he's doing what he's doing with her. But for the larger story, we really didn't need all that. Right. I mean, you know, two or three chapters probably would have covered that. Um, you know, so it, it's tough. So like I can go back and reread Feast and it can become my favorite book as it has. And yet I can say it was really a terrible decision in the service of the larger story for him to write it that yeah. way. <laughs> I mean, no. so you kind of are of two minds. Yeah. It's like, you know, I, I love these things, but at the same time, I know some of the things that I love are really the problem and the reason that he's never going to finish it. I'm, I'm someone my whole life, I have always been attracted to and fall in love with the secondary or tertiary characters. Like I'm, I'm almost never that into the hero. I'm really much more interested in that guy playing, you know, the servant in the background or something. Um, but the thing is, and I, when I have seen this done, it's, yeah, you can't. You cannot focus in usually on those secondary or tertiary characters unless they're becoming primary, because it it really does it does no good for the the overall story. And I feel like a lot of this is let's focus on that guy in the background and let's give him forty chapters where we find out you know what he's doing. And it, it doesn't if it's not brought back to the whole story. It it just oh it's just it's bad. It's, it's, yeah. <laughs> well, clearly George is like you. Well, yeah, but I mean, that's what fan fiction exists for. That's what those like encyclopedia type things exist for. That's when you sit down and you write your, you know, your world of ice and fire and tell me about how this one had, you know, drugstore blonde hair and this one had true silver hair. I mean, that's yeah, what that's It's not for. like it's inherently bad to have to be, have a detailed story it's just he's taking it to the extreme so yeah it's it probably like, makes me question some of these pov chapters where in the in the show they've totally killed them off or totally written them completely out of the show and it makes me wonder if these these characters are really important in wins or or what not you know well i think there's the a couple of things and, at play I mean, I would argue that in some cases it's because they don't want to write them. Like certain characters, I think, have been done away with because they're not interested in them. But yeah, some of those characters, you know, they're not significant. They don't contribute to the thing. And then the other thing is, is as far as I know, they're just going off an outline. And who knows how far they've diverged. But you could be absolutely right that they don't need... So and so, because like fake Aegon, maybe you don't need him because he's not at all significant. He's not. <laughs> Clearly, he's not. I mean, that's yeah. what it comes down to. I mean, if you can cut them out and the show can still make sense, then that tells you everything that you need to know. And even the show, I mean, like, it's so funny because before they got to the point where they were adapting Feast and Dance to the show, you know, they would field questions and in interviews about how on earth they were going to adan- adapt Feast and Dance because, you know, reporters yeah. with some writing experience were like, you know, this has big problems. Um, and they said that they knew that there were problems. And yeah, I, I mean, the, the astounding thing to me was that they did both the Ironborn and Dorne. I mean, I still kind of can't believe that they did both. Uh, that I mean, has never made a lot of sense. Yeah. But no, um, that always felt like they went down a wrong road, maybe because they fell into the same trap in some respects Yeah, that he did, in that they like 
you know, they were attracted to certain characters. They wanted to write their story, which everybody does, but... Oh, God, they did that with Ramsey. That definitely overdid him. Oh, my God. And, I mean, and that, that guy who plays him is a wonderful, very versatile actor, and I wish him nothing but success yeah. in his career, but uh, that was... <laughs> that was painful. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, that's a good example of... I hated the adaptation, but I mean, I, I don't really like the source material. Not not in that I don't, you know, appreciate the story, but that was one of those places where I think George went too far. He was trying to top himself, and it's the same thing that the show's been doing where they've been trying to top themselves. Yeah. Uh, you know, it just gets more, it's to the point of getting ridiculous, and that was happening in dance, and it's happening on the show, where it's just like, okay, you, you're just trying to be more gory than you were last time, and it's just, I mean, it's kind of eye roll. You know, you're just kind of like, okay, <laughs> all right. <laughs> And it was the same thing with Ramsey in, in dance. I mean, it just was, it just got, it went too far. I mean, I still haven't reread those Theon chapters. I just can't. They're brutal. Uh, Although they, it's funny because they do have some of the best parts of that book in them, but they are murder to read. Yeah. Um, and that's, I mean, I guess. I mean, but that's a good example of something that, objectively belong like you can that objectively belongs in the story i mean it's literally at winterfell which we suspect is one of the you know at least two main locations or three main locations in the entire story like that at least is hey this this belongs this is driving you know i feel like yes that's driving the story forward not sideways and i think as a reader it's just like god there's so much sideways and so little forward that I well, have a hard time, like, faulting the forward stuff. There's not only that stuff, there's the stuff with the um, the free folk who actually know a little bit more about the others. There's, I mean, I think, though, it's the problem with Feast and Dance for me is they are so, so bleak. And I need, I mean, like, I need the occasional ray of hope. I need occasionally to pause. I'm in the beautiful jungle scene, and it's just a beautiful jungle scene. And I have that moment where, okay, okay, I'm take a breath. But he doesn't give you that ever. I mean, he gives you very few. You know, you have the North remembers with Davos. That's kind of your moment of, and then, you know, Theon finally breaking out of it in, in dance. Like, those are kind of your... Yeah, but moments, even then, right? it's like, or Danny okay, mounting the dragon, you know, there's, you know, it's not enough that poor Jane Poole, her whole family was murdered. She was sold into sex slavery by Littlefinger. She had to marry Ramsay was, you know, raped, brutalized. And there's, you know, hints. And she gets frostbite in her nose. Is gonna and then fall she off. gets frostbite yeah. in her nose because, True. you yeah. know, like, it's that just is, not enough. It's like, yeah. you know, not enough for Brienne to be hideously ugly. She has to get her face yeah. chewed. Yeah, it's just yeah. like, okay, yeah. oh my god, just stop. What the hell is wrong with you that you have, I mean, we get it. It's a brutal, horrible world, but that doesn't mean that you know, as a reader, occasionally you need to give somebody that moment of, okay, you know, they got Not even give them, okay, just don't give them more. Yeah. Like at this point, I mean, you sort of feel like the citizenry of Westeros would just be like, I, for one, welcome my blue-eyed overlords, you know? Like, <laughs> sounds good to me. <laughs> We've made cake. You know, yeah. <laughs> but it's just, they're so, it's so bleak. There's there's parts that I love, and then it's like, oh, my God, can you just, I, you know. Well, dance is pretty bleak. I, I, I don't disagree with you. I mean, 
It's always bleak. The whole story is kind of bleak, but you can be bleak. But like you're talking about, you know, have the moment of hope or, or somebody who gets out, you know, to, yeah. you know, take one of the secondary characters like like you should have done with Sam and just sent him off to the the summer aisles. Or something, you know what I mean? Like uh, you, you see that in big stories, you know, sometimes there's a secondary character who will get away. They'll just get out of it, whatever the mess is. You know, they just find a way out and it it kind of does give you a little sigh of relief and almost no one who really gets named gets out <laughs> in this story. You, they never get out. Nobody gets out. I mean, there's only one way out and that's death. I remember watching and not even that. Yeah. It was one not of his, death. it was like God. a YouTube series where there'd be like, there was like one book reader and the rest were show watchers. But I remember when hot pie um, left the, Oh yeah. Hot pie. But they talked about like, okay, he's going to go somewhere and make bread. They're okay with that. You know? And I'm like, yeah, you know, I, I agree with that. Let him go make bread. I don't, you know, I mean, he's basically sold into bread slavery, but you know, like, okay. 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 There, you you know, there are worse things than having to become a baker and, you know, (laughs) and occasionally to give us that, I think would, you know, is what you're saying. And I, I like, I'd be okay with that every so often, you know, somebody who gets out alive, somebody who makes it to, you know, wherever, and they're going to spend their life doing whatever, you know, we need that. Like, you know, other than characters who are delusionally happy, like who's doing okay. Like Bron in the books is doing great. And (laughs) I don't know if Bron's doing great. I mean, Cersei's pretty actively trying to take him out. Yeah, but I mean, he keeps killing everyone. Yeah, and she's she's out of power right now. So the Hound's doing pretty okay right now. Yeah, no, he's gonna get fucking dragged back into it. There's a reason (laughs) we found him. He's not out. Nobody gets out. Yeah. No, yeah. I think he's. I think he is not going to be digging graves on the quiet aisle for very much longer. I'm pretty sure his story has more to go with, and I am actually. I I have a feeling some of it has to do with. Um, I can't believe that there's no more sand sand, but you know, I don't know. But I guess yeah, I don't know. I think we've run through all my points. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can just sit here and just steamroll those books all day. Uh, this is why it's so funny when people are like, oh, you guys are just such show purists. It's like, no, we have problems with the books. <laughs> we have really big problems with the books. We have really big I mean, problems with George, too. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, when you think about the show, you know, the show's problems, well, I mean, there's many problems, but I mean, some of the show's problems in the last couple of seasons were an attempt, like, just not accepting that some of the shit in the books didn't have to be adapted at all. Like, what if they, you know, if they did not adapt Dorn? Oh, my God. Or instead, if they, you know... Which it sounds they, like they almost didn't. They almost didn't. They knew they needed to not. And yet... It's Brian Cogman. They Krogman, themselves anyway. I, I mean, yeah. I, I have more issues with the show just because I never liked the show as much as I liked the books. I, you know, I never fell in love with the show. And so I just don't have a baseline of love for it to try to muster up more love. But the books, I do love the book. I love the books. I mean, like the Jamie and Brienne story is, uh, has been profoundly formative on me over the last God decade that it's been part of my life. But, you know, 11 years. Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, but she's been hanging there for like 11 years <laughs> or actually God. potted Hile have been hanging there for 11 years. Oh, just, poor potted Hile. Yeah. 
we're all hanging there. Oh, I mean, I, I mean, love, love the books. I do love the books. I think they're very good. And for for genre, for for high fantasy, um, other people are doing what George does now. But when George did it, when he made the magic kind of a lesser storyline, it was welcome and it was new and it was fresh. And his characters, my God, he's he's so good with characters. I mean, there's a reason that he does these things with secondary and tertiary characters is because he has so fully developed them in his own mind. And a lot of writers never bother and don't even yeah. know that it's something that they should bother to do. And he's an amazing character writer. I mean, his characters live and breathe to the point where we have huge arguments and discussions and can debate them because we know so much about them because we understand them so well, because he writes them so well. He, he does some things incredibly, incredibly well. What he doesn't do well is streamline and edit himself. I mean, like, that's basically what it comes down to. I refuse to believe that he hasn't heard it from editors. Like, oh, are you sure we need all this? I'm I sure think, he's got to have read reviews. And yeah, he's on the Internet. I can't believe that he's never come across this. I mean, although he has a lot of smoke blown up his ass i mean well, yeah that's true there are people um, who are convinced that there's no problem at all with those books and yes yeah no yes no there there are problems he, he's good he's a really he's a really good genre writer he's an incredible character writer like you don't even need to qualify it with genre um few people writing today write characters as engagingly as he writes them that's why the fandom is so rabid i mean you know he's he's very good at it he's one of the best like i'm not even talking just genre he's an incredible he's incredible with characters he's very good with them so i don't want this to be just a i hate the books i hate the books i don't hate the books i love the books that's why we're here we all love the books or we wouldn't be having this discussion <laughs> jesus george come on <laughs> This is this is something like I've seen a lot and not just this fandom. I've been around a while and I've been in other fandoms and I've seen it before. And there's this weird thing that'll happen where people are like anything other than total love for something is portrayed quite often as like, I don't know, you're out there murdering and eating your own children. Um, you know, you're not allowed to critique something. You know, that you can't say they could have done this better. You can't say this wasn't really well thought out. And I've never quite understood that because it's like, you know, no, these are not, they're not perfect books. Definitely not a perfect show, but, you know, you should be allowed to be able to be critical of an actor or a writer or something. I don't, I've never gotten that. I agree. And uh, I love these books. I mean, I started a reread project and then life kind of got in the way, but, um, you know, it's it was something that was mind boggling to me was just how much on the reread that I saw that he had packed into them. Now, mind you, I have not yet gotten, you know, to um, feast or dance, but and I'm sure my enthusiasm is going to wind down a little bit. But, you know, to be able to pack all that in, to layer all that in, that takes an incredible amount of skill. I mean, I'm not disputing he's got it. But like you say, I think it's like he's got to listen to somebody who's telling him and there have to be people telling him, you know, <laughs> at some point, somebody had to, you know, you yeah. know, that you know that the the editors must have pushed back at some point. They had to have. All right. Oh, God, it's so depressing. Well, you know, it's depressing. We've been talking about wins and it just is never not depressing. <laughs> Well, I mean, I think, you know, it's kind of hard to criticize the books because, I mean, it's not hard. It's obviously extremely easy to criticize <laughs> the books. But it's that, you know, we would feel, we might feel differently about Dance and Feast if he actually finished the series. Yeah. 
I think so. <laughs> you wouldn't that's I mean it would still I don't I mean dance though. Some of those chapters no matter what happens like you're never going to convince me that they're necessary, relevant or interesting. Like there's just some of that shit that does not well, belong no, but there. A little, but more, a little more forgiveness. Yeah, the, a little more forgiveness. Yeah, like the full yeah. tapestry in front of you, the full picture of what it's supposed to be. You're not focusing on how this one puzzle piece doesn't quite fit. You know, yeah. you're able to see all of it and we don't have that. And we probably never are going to have <laughs> Guys, I really need wins because I've made a promise to myself that I'll take a vacation whenever wins comes out. Oh. And I really need a vacation. It's not going to happen. George, please. You're going to break your promise. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like you should write George a letter because maybe this could be a motivating factor. Oh, you're killing yourself working and your only way out is if he gets off his ass and finishes this book. God, if yeah. the poor Make-A-Wish people who've written him oh. looking for endings didn't oh. move him, what That's would? That's so sad. <laughs> Can you imagine how many That happened? Um, I think... Didn't we hear that that happened? Oh my I mean, God. I'm sure it has. It has I mean, someone wrote yeah. Star Wars people to oh see no. the movie early. Yeah. yeah, it always happens. Yeah. I can remember hearing that from Stephen King, because people on death row were writing him wanting to know oh. about, um, what's it, his series with the gunslinger. Oh, Dark, Dark Tower. The Dark Tower series. And they were writing him. People on their deathbeds were writing him wanting uh-huh. to know the ending, and he wouldn't do it. Oh. Yeah, I mean, oh. if you do that, Somebody's like gonna everyone's going to yeah. fake it. Well, plus, yeah. I mean, I'm not well, above faking it. <laughs> I, I imagine, though, if you're on death row, it's pretty, probably pretty easily to... But, I mean, I can't imagine, like, being motivated to, you know... It'd be one thing if, you know, you're a dying child or something, but... Right? Yeah, if you're on death row, you could always give it away because you have nothing... <laughs> you're going to die anyway. <laughs> but I think for him, I mean, literally, though, if people are writing Stephen King on death row, that's just got to be heartbreaking yeah. for him, just given, you know, what some of the work that he's yeah, done. Yeah, that's true, yeah. Like, that actually is really, really rough. All so, right. What a, what a happy, lively... <laughs> <laughs> like, happy, God. positive episode. <laughs> That's us. We're really gearing up for the show. Talk about no hope. <laughs> just like, there's no hope. You're never going to get the end of the books. And even Sorry. if you do, you probably aren't going to like it. It's going to be like 15 <laughs> chapters of Tyrion oh, trapping through the feet. Every time yeah. like, oh, I want him to take all the time that he needs. If he needs this time, you know, because I, I want him to get it well, right. Whatever. This there are people who are saying this. Like, constant. It's constant, Fandana. And I'm just like, no... <laughs> we pretty much shown that the less time he has r- used to ri- write the books, the better the books were. I mean, like, it's pretty much a fact. <laughs> as close to it's an objective like, yeah. fact as be. Like, the less time he has, the better. So, no. Stop stop giving him passes. You don't need to give him passes. And the amount of time that he has to write the books is not going to affect the quality of the books. At, at least not positively. Okay. Sorry. Again? Sorry. I mean, you know, at least we have the show. At least we can tell ourselves, well, there's an end. <laughs> Right? Right? I mean... Yeah, except for me, I've pretty much convinced myself that they don't know what they're doing and they're making shit up, so... But yeah. Oh, I think that's not too hard difficult. That's probably very true. <laughs> they don't know what they're doing. I didn't mean to imply that. Alright, well now we've cheered everyone up, including ourselves. Yeah. We have a group hug now. Yeah. <laughs> oh. We have a group drink? Yes, a group drink would be nice. <sighs> All right. Well, thank you very much to the other half of fandom that was still listening to us. We're sorry. We just probably totally alienated you, but uh, (laughs) 
Please support our podcast and become a Patreon. You'll get benefits like special episodes, exclusive early access to new episodes. Listen and review us on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, Google Play, and all the places. It really helps people find the podcast. Find us on Tumblr, Twitter, Facebook, and or you can email us at close the door and at gmail.com. Thank you to our panel and thank you for listening. I'm closing the door. Get out.